I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. And we are all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is Red All Over, your handy Handmaid's Tale podcast. Blessed be the fruit. Oh, boy. You okay? This one was hard for me. Yeah. You had a much harder time. I thought this was like a rip-roaring comedy. Like, compared. <laughs> I don't know if it's just that I'm over-caffeinated or in a good mood, but I was just like, this is hilarious. I know. This is the first episode, <laughs> season two, episode eight, that we've watched together this season. Oh, my oh, gosh. No, we watched no, the we watched, Yeah, we watched the premiere together. Right. But this was, <laughs> it's just very hard to concentrate with me, like, on the verge of tears and you going, ha-ha. Look, it was really funny to me at a lot of parts. I think Janine is hilarious. Janine is hilarious. Even um, when it was really sad. I was like, this is so funny and ironic. The thing I, I read on Instagram with the Instagram takeover of the Handmaid's Tale Instagram is uh, Madeline. Madeline? Madeline Brewer. Madeline Brewer took it over for like two days, got bored, and then Amanda Bruegel took it over. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually how it worked, but she... I think, I think they only take it over for a couple days at a time. No, because when OT took it over, he took it over for a full week. When Emos took she it over... She had it for two weeks. She had it for like fully two weeks. I bet it's in their contracts. I think... Because Amanda Bruegel and uh, Madeline Brewer aren't like top billed. Well, I think some people are just more prolific Instagram users yeah. than others. Because Madeline doesn't post a lot anyway one of her few posts was a picture of the eye patch that uh-huh. she has to wear with the fake eye on it and she goes in order for this to be put on it takes like an hour or whatever to affix it and make up it to my face so before i do it i have to run around the room singing how far i'll go from moana and i do this like three times and then i've got all my yayas out and can sit down so if you need something sweet to visualize think of a grown ass woman running around the room singing like when the light hit the sea at the sea it calls me so yeah wow. Actors be crazy, though. They really do be crazy, Kelly. Anyway, before we get to this episode, I'd like to take a second to shout out everyone who donated to us on Venmo. And just in case you want to do that, it's Venmo.com slash Red All Over. like to give a shout out to Alex Ferris, Heather Johnston, Alex Nunn, Elizabeth Hone, Sarah Hank, and Amin Amos. And a shout out to Joe Walters, who lives in the UK, who told us, hey, guys, I actually can't do Venmo because I live in the UK. How else can I support you? And we told them to donate to a charity in our name. So if you are outside of this country and would still like to support us, please just donate to a woman's charity in our name. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate you doing anything. And at the very least... If you can't donate or you don't feel like donating, the one super nice thing you could do is write us a review on Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes, I guess, uh, because that's how we crawl in the rankings. And it's very cool to review us on Facebook. I'm not entirely sure how much clout the Facebook reviews carry, though I personally love to read them. I love to read them, and we have five stars on there because jerks don't, like, fill them out and give us low ratings. So, yeah. yeah. But either way, please review us on iTunes. The Venmo is Venmo.com slash read all over. And in lieu of those things, please either do something super nice for yourself in our name or uh, donate to a woman 
focus charity. And I'll also say, because people frequently are asking us about like Patreon, it just doesn't make sense for us to do Patreon. I wish time. there was an easier way to get us money than Venmo, but that's just, you know, that's just what we got right now. And, you know, we're just not going to be able to have the kind of volume and dedicate the kind of time that would make a Patreon worthwhile for our patrons. So Totally. And just a general shout out, Redheads, I think you are fantastic. Kelly and I have been reflecting on how far we've come since our first episode. And it makes me verklempt to think that, like, you know, you have always been supportive of us from day one. You keep growing. You keep recommending to your friends. You are such a genuinely respectful community. Mm-hmm. And you're not dumb like some other discussion groups we've been ragging on. Oh, my God. You guys are the best fans <laughs> on Twitter, on Facebook, and uh, the few of you who come out to see us actually do comedy in real life. I love you. Kelly, I love you. I think this podcast is so great. I'm so proud of it. I'm proud to be your partner. And You're so emotional. Are you pregnant? No, but I have been bleeding ever since I got this IED put in. So oh, honey. That's uh, why I don't put anything up there. It's like Diva Cup. Wait, that's still? it. Huh? <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I just free bleed. <laughs> All right. God, I wish. Let's, let's get into this it. This is season two, episode eight, women's work. <laughs> we remember yeah. that from that. Yeah. Game. I was going to say, you, uh, you done, Lindsay? I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> so, okay. We did not take great notes here, so we might be a little scattershot. We were just so thrilled to be in one another's presence Mm -hmm. and we started out with the return of june's inner monologue somebody brought this up on facebook that we lost her inner monologue Mm -hmm. in the last couple of episodes gonna be real honest i didn't miss it yeah i didn't particularly miss it in this episode (laughs) in particular like it wasn't even that she had these like corny ass dad jokes or whatever it was more just like yeah dumb dumb we get it. Like, we don't need you to underline, you know, this is ironic. This is bad. <laughs> this is upset. Like, yeah, we know. We're watching it. It's also not shocking anymore to have her think, like, subversive things. Because it's like, bitch, uh, handmaids are talking aloud to each other oh in the Oh, my street. God. Gilead is getting so so sloppy and i have i have theories we should get to them at the appropriate time okay but we begin on the song easy like a sunday morning (laughs) which is ironic because this whole episode (laughs) i just couldn't even deal with that i know it's ironic because uh, as this whole episode is difficult like a monday at 3 (laughs) p.m I was waiting for you to stop laughing so I could make you laugh more. (laughs) Okay. You okay um, there, Ernie? Oh, Hebert. So, yeah. So, they're listening. It's, you know, again, I think we should see these scenes with Serena and Alfred in the study together as a stark contrast to when Fred is in there alone with uh, with Alfred because the records are the same. Mm-hmm. They're drinking tea this time instead of scotch and Cosmos. And instead of her reading as like a voyeuristic act 
she's reading like her actual job and there's something so delicious and subversive about these two women just in a co-working space basically so yeah we you know were, there's like a there's like a ping pong table yeah. and a kegerator kombucha yeah it's uh you, know, you can bring your dog mm-hmm. it's very very free very open there's bike racks i do love i j- uh, kidding aside i love this this is my favorite scene yeah everything got real bad after this scene because this scene was your buddy rom-com it, that you so wanted because and it's like they can't be super buddy like Serena's still like the hard-nosed cop. Yeah. You know, and she can't like let her hair down. Yeah. Because uh Offred asks her, Do you miss working? And you know, this is after her, you know, wow, like she's a good writer. Like we could have been co-workers. I just don't like I don't yeah, I know that. Like I live in the world where you can be co-workers with people. I know. The thing that I thought was heartbreaking about this is just how you know, we've been trained in The Handmaid's Tale. Anything, anytime something seems good, ooh, oh, yeah. well, trouble's because, coming around so the mountain. Alfred asks, do you miss working? And Serena takes too long to say anything. But she's <laughs> like, she's like, it's a small sacrifice to make to re-enter God's grace or something like that. And I'm like, weren't you never out of God's grace? Like you were fine before, right? Like you were all about God. Yeah. But I think she was probably mentioning that she kind of had a hubris in thinking that a woman such as herself could be this big international author. Would you say that she forgot a woman's place? (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, I forgot a woman's place. I left it on the bus. (laughs) That reminds me of a very subversive t-shirt I had when I was in middle school that said, I found Jesus. He was behind the couch. It's my pride and joy. What a rebel. What What a a rebel. rebel. I was, see, I was dark and alternative too. It's not really that dark and alternative. That's Um, more like being like a human fart noise. Well, it wouldn't be the first time I've been called that, Kelly. So after that, Serena looks at Offred and she's like, I'm not going to forget this. And I was like, ah, she's going to kill you. I know. Just anytime she says anything, I'm just like, what are you, when are you going to hit her? I know. And I will say I am never ruder on the Handmaid's Tale discussion forums than when somebody's like, hey, I think that Serena Joy's going to help offer it escape. I'm always like, (laughs) nah. Like every other time I engage... Well, no, actually, I should take that back. I am very silly on those discussion boards just because they annoy me. But, uh, yeah, I think that um, Serena Joy's loyalty is to Gilead. And even after what happens in this episode, she's not going to stop that. I don't know. I could, like, totally see them going in that direction. So I didn't dislike this episode as much as I disliked episode seven. Mm -hmm. But this really feels like the three episodes where they were like, well... We've got the beginning. We've got the end. Uh, crap. They gave us how many episodes? <laughs> I totally agree with you. And I was just listening to a podcast this morning about the show Crashing with Pete Holmes. Mm-hmm. And he says that's only eight episodes. And that feels tight like a drum yeah. to me while still being like content rich and interesting. And I think Handmaid's Tale could sail on eight episodes easy. Absolutely. Because easy. You know, Janine is fine, but I don't need much Janine. I need maybe a soup son of Janine, but like I do not need an entire episode dedicated to her yeah. rich and complicated in her life. 
I agree. Then they mentioned that the commander's coming back. And my wish for this whole episode, there were a couple times when this song would have been appropriate, but I really wish they would have played my boyfriend's back and there's gonna be trouble. Hey, la. Like, if you were gonna, if they were going the music direction of last season where they play like wildly inappropriate music, that would be my wish. Cause I'm feeling good. No, I thought that was great. No, I'm talking about don't you forget. Oh, you're me. wrong. I'll. I'll pull your hair. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> so the other thing that Offred voiceovers here, she talks about, you know, Aunt Lydia used to say I was a fallen woman. And I'm like, mm, I'm pretty sure she still says that on the regs <laughs> when she's out back smoking with Aunt uh, Cholula. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another good point is she men- makes mention that she thinks this is the first time that Serena Joy has ever broken the rules. Mm. And I and she's not used to it. Mm-hmm. And I like that because we see that like she kind of gets on a slippery slope of rule breaking in yeah, this episode. She's and, intoxicated. Yeah. And it, you know, to her detriment. Really. She's become her own bad idea boyfriend. Ooh, that's a good thank point. you yeah it's like when i learned that i could go to king's island the local amusement park and say fuck all the time and i never stopped <laughs> <laughs> just open the floodgates fuck <laughs> fuck fuckity fuck 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 i am cartman so then in the next scene they show all of the household lining up to greet mr waterford and when and he comes like downtown to- abbey it's like oh it was mr carson here like uh oh remember thomas is a gender traitor oh <laughs> thomas is my favorite ew you're incorrect uh, i also like that part when he says hello offred and she goes my name is offred and i'm 16 and i don't need a governess <laughs> i also appreciate when he was getting out of the car he just was like tottering on his cane and i wrote he walks how i feel <laughs> and then i also wrote in all caps comb your hair Ugh. oh my god could nick not run a fucking comb like you know he's got one he's a fucking you know jet from goddamn West Side Story. You think it's going to be like where he's going to assassinate the commander because he has a switchblade and and it's a comb and he's just combing his hair. I agree. Fred's looking all kinds of unkempt. His shoes look like clown shoes. Just, just, he's just a little wibbly wobbly guy. Yeah, he'd be almost cute if he wasn't terrifying. Ugh. That's another oh my discussion God. I got in trouble with for voicing my opinion. <laughs> so he also greets Reed and he's like, oh, I missed your cooking. And I, I feel like I could really see the rocks in Bruegel's shoes. She's just like shifting. He's like, God damn it. Uh, this was like a good idea at first, but this shot has taken like eight hours. <laughs> but uh, we can all agree that the winner of this <laughs> is Eden when she hands him an ashtray made out of her handprint. <laughs> Oh, that's not what that was? I thought that's what that was. Spiritually, yes. I think it was a handkerchief. Which, it didn't even appear to be like an embroidered handkerchief. It was like she folded a napkin, put a bow on it, and it's like, happy Father's Day. Yeah, well, you know, her mom told her that back in the pre-Gilead days, they had, you know, magazines that would explain how to make a good hostess gift. And uh, even if old, you at my old school, oh my this is God. what we would make. She's so fired, and like they all kind of you know disperse and go off to do their own thing. Offred's just trying to go back to her room, and Eden goes, "Do you think you like the gift?" <laughs> She's such a dweeb. I love. You know what? I'm turning the corner on Eden. I think I like her just because I like to shit on her she so much. She is driving me bananas. Then. 
Alfred goes up to her room and in a very like President Snow move, <laughs> there's a white rose and a re a regifted music box on her bed from Serena Joy. Now Serena Joy, as we remember, had given her this music box after her visit to her mother's house the first time they thought she might be pregnant. Her mother that she sees frequently, despite everybody acting like Eden is never going to see her I mom know, again. What the fuck? Ugh. Like, all she needs to do is call a chariots. Call a chariots. Hashtag delete chariots. <laughs> uh, Serena Joy regifts her this music box. That, I thought that was so tacky. It's so dumb. That's so tacky. Because I didn't, I don't know, like, did she take it away? But I feel like much in the same way that Eden was just like, oh, I guess I'll give you this handkerchief. Serena was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to move this music box from the windowsill to your bed. Uh-huh. So you think a new gift but then <laughs> surprise it's the same gift the best is when she comes in later and she's like did you find what i gave you it's like <laughs> how could i not i mean she does give her a single white rose which you know that would have been enough that's a very like tuxedo mask gift yeah. to give someone <laughs> just a rose <laughs> she's the phantom of the waterford's house <laughs> Oh, boy. So the commander and Serena Joy go into the commander's study, and immediately the commander is like, why does it Why does it smell like girls? And-? <laughs> and I don't know if you've noticed this in this episode in particular. He's giving her super anemic, like, cheek kisses. He's like, mm, I'm going to downgrade you from wife to, like, distant aunt. No, he's downgrading her to that point in a couple's relationship where they're like old people and you call your wife mother. Yeah. That's what uh, he's doing. Oh, so he's Mike Pence. He's Mike <laughs> Pencinger real hard. He's P.S. Pen- Mike Pence, you would for serious love this show. Mike Pence, are you in this show? <laughs> yeah, he was Commander Price. <laughs> uh, if only. I mean, we wouldn't have to deal with him anymore. Oh, great. Now we're on a watch list. Um, um, correction, you're on a watch list. <laughs> Um, the Republicans I, will take me back anytime. So what is interesting about this scene, and I think this episode in general, is how they languish the camera on certain things. So in this study, we get really long, lingering shots of two things. And one is Serena Joy is behind his desk. She puts herself behind his desk and she moves very carefully the red correcting pen back to its little the handmade spot. Pen. Mm-hmm. The handmaid's pen. And it's so beautiful because it's like her tossing the baton almost of like, don't look at me like that. It's her giving up this work. She's not going to touch a pen recreationally maybe ever again. Don't fucking look at me like that, Kellyanne. (laughs) I swear to God. I just like this is a valid symbolism point. Okay. But she didn't even use that pen. That was Offred's pen. I know, but she it's a symbolic of writing. <laughs> okay, fine. I don't, I don't think it is. Okay, fine. And the, You can keep thinking it is. That's fine. <laughs> and the other time... It's easy like Sunday morning to keep thinking that. <laughs> no, it's difficult, difficult, lemon difficult. Um, <laughs> the other lingering shot is 
he holds his hand out to her to lead her out of the room. Right? And I was like, can you not stand on your own? Nope. And he like turned into Walter Harvey from A League of Their Own. He was like, what are we supposed to do? Send the boys returning from war back to the kitchen? Exactly. Oh, and then David Strathairn is there and he's like, I'm going to save the league. He kind of (laughs) did. There's Marla Hooch. (laughs) What a hitter. Also, literally every day when my alarm goes off and I'm hitting snooze like 5,000 times, I'm always like, you know, you know, one more. And like, that's what Rosie O'Donnell says, like at the end of it, when like they're trying to like get him out and then win the World Series. She's like, one more, one more. And I think that every morning when I hit my uh, alarm more than one time, just you should so many times you should. But I kept thinking he was holding his hand out to like give her hand a kiss or whatever. But no, it's like, get out of here. And it's very symbolic that he pushes yes, her out of this. That is symbolic. There I will agree with you. Okay. The next scene. <laughs> I don't know. Is this the next scene with Nick and Eden? Yeah. It must oh be. Oh my God. Because be, I only wrote down one thing and we're not there yet. But oh my God. It must be the next scene because I wrote down dorm <laughs> as my marker. So Again, they're in the why dorm. Does no, like, are, is there electricity rationing? Why is there never a fucking light on? This show is so physically dark. I did love in one of the discussion (laughs) groups, somebody was like, pay your electric bill. (laughs) So they're in the dorm. Eden is kind of a poor girl. Every time she tries to say something positive, he turns it negative. She's like, oh, now you don't have to go to the hospital anymore. He's like, well, I'm still going to be working a lot. Plus, my band has practice, so... (laughs) Um, There's a battle of bands. You can't come, okay? It's not for girls. It's not for... Like, the groupies are fine, but, like, you're my wife. (laughs) It's um, not cool. Nobody else in the band is married. Yeah. She keeps talking about how she could decorate this dank-ass room. Uh, And I love the part where she goes, and um, we could even put up some of your art? And she gestures (laughs) to that Pink Floyd poster with the butts that he's had in the corner. (laughs) oh he's such a doof i hate him and you know she's like oh you know what colors do you like and he's just like what are colors i only wear black like get get it together and she loves yellow same her mother always i also same but her mother always said it was so bright and cheerful and i'm just like who's your mom i want to meet her is your mom who is your mom i would love to see her backstory not so much that i need 10 seasons of this show but i do actually want to know what her deal is web series baby it's so no. easy yeah no not, not like a, but just like do a little web extra like eden okay. before yeah i would i would watch that eden before gilead <laughs> only on cw seed um, um so <laughs> he is going to leave and she says you know under his eye or blessed evening or whatever no, no wait no she's praise, praise be. be and he just goes Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he leaves. Max Minghella, uh, you just improved as an actor in my eyes so much just from that moment because he just like uh, he just can't deal with it, and now he can't get out, and he's just gotta <laughs> listen to this doof like every fucking day. And you know what? We thought that was as good as it could get. <laughs> Oh boy, were we wrong. At the top of the next scene, it's Janine and June walking around. June says, blessed be the fruit. And Janine says, may May the the force be be with you. you. And Kelly and I lost our damn We cackled 
We high five. I screamed. We ran around the whole neighborhood. Oh Somebody my God. called the police. Rightly so. And we escaped. Yes, we're uh, living in a bunker. Now. <laughs> Watching we, friends. We can't go outside. <laughs> yeah. uh, but worth it because that was hilarious. Uh, I also just saw the movie solo and thought it was great. It's so fucking negligent that they have Janine back here. It's so fucking and negligent. Again, oh, and like there's a guardian literally right behind them. And it's like, so is there, I mean, or is it just like, is everybody feeling super lax now that the crazy one who tried to like jump into a river with a baby and the other one who was involved with the, you know, resistance and uh, murdered, murdered a, guy. a guy. Like we're all just like, Oh, well, if they can come back. Fuck it. I'm taking my hat off. Like, There's one guardian. That's like, you can't tell, but I'm not wearing a belt today <laughs> because it's my day. <laughs> but I'm just like, okay. It's so dumb. They're when so I'm like, lax. I can't tell are they trying to set up what leads to the first purge? Like, but I don't feel like they put enough thought into it. Like maybe think about the fact that you don't have a whole lot of interpersonal relationships with people in a dystopia before you renew it for a third season. Thank you. Maybe think about that. Thank you. Cause like, listen, I love a joke. Listen, I was laughing at all kinds of shit in this episode. But <laughs> this was basically like midnight at the Apollo for how much noise <laughs> Kelly was making at this very sad episode. It's not even that sad. Well, comparatively speaking, it's true. Nobody got their clit cut off. Nobody died in the uh, colonies. It's true. Uh, okay. Nobody okay. got an eye cut out. Nobody got their feet caned. Uh, okay, fine. Yeah. Okay. No babies died. Spoiler oh, alert. Okay. Well, Serena I think Joy is... got taken at her word, and yeah. I don't feel bad for her. Okay. I think it is incredibly negligent, just for the reasons that we said, to have Janine back in the same fucking neighborhood. And acting the fool just this whole time. Like, any smart government should have harvested Janine's eggs and killed her. Like, <laughs> Not any smart. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is that women aren't people. <laughs> what? All I'm saying is they're the lesser kind of a species. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, man, just, wow. Hanging out with you is as funny as this episode was. Aww. Okay, I like it. So they have this whole uh, interaction in all flesh with. Um, oh, say this is not all flesh. I don't know what this. Is. I, it might be milk and honey because all flesh is the butchers. Really? Because I think it's Whole Foods, judging by the amount of mason jars. <laughs> uh, yeah, Gilead is hipster as fuck. <laughs> it is, and nothing has labels on it. No. It's like, how can you count your calories? Very weird. And what about? God forbid you have a gluten free commander. <laughs> um, gluten free is a tool of the devil true 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 so janine is talking about her new posting and how it's great it's just the ceremony no blowjobs i died gross this is amazing uh. comedy oh my god think about it if you were a handmaid no listen. and your last post look <laughs> you acclimate to the circumstances around you and i think that if there is a point to this episode uh-huh 
that is what it is. Is that like Gilead has been around long enough that people are getting sloppy. Starts eating you from the inside. I would not say that. I would not say that. I would not want to hear June say that again. (laughs) No, I think you're right that it's like, you know, I might as well take stock of what I'm happy about. And I'm happy that I don't have to get blowjobs. Listen, that's fantastic. Yeah, you know what? Compulsory blowjobs are the worst. That a is, blowjob should be a gift. That is yet another job that women don't have to do in this society. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is a woman's work. They're happy to leave off the table. Mm, no, um, I mean, all the ones who were really good at blowjobs are at Jezebel's, I bet. <laughs> they evaluated them. That was another stupid thing they said on the Handmaid's Tale discussion forum. By the way, not all people on the Handmaid's Tale discussion forum are trash, but a lot... <laughs> A lot of the people who are on it. Somebody posted a question this morning that I died at. They're like, why would somebody choose to be at Jezebel's? I mean, if I had a choice, I'd rather go to the colonies. It's like, would you, bitch? Do you think that anything in Gilead is a fucking choice, you weirdo? Also, do you? Well, maybe it's because, like, now people, well, I guess they don't necessarily know. Anyway, never mind. It is a doofy question but to it's ask. But like, is it because now you know you can come back? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. If I knew you could come back from the colonies, sure, fine. No, I still wouldn't want to go I there. I still wouldn't. I feel like if I could choose. I don't enjoy things that cause calluses. Me neither. That's why but- I don't give hand jobs. <laughs> Wow, how hard are you going that you're getting calluses? Fucking hard. So the the thing that we get here that I think is sort of meant to foreshadow something is Emily being real, like, grim. Whoa. And it's like, I kind of was mad at her for, like, bringing everybody's vibe down. Because everybody was, like, high-fiving Janine. Like, yeah, girl, you don't got to blow it anymore. No more skin flute in the mouth. But Emily's just like, oh, you know, that's terrible. And I'm I shouldn't be me because she like, look, she really is the only one who has like kept the faith of being Mm -hmm. like, hey, this is not normal. Right. So it's, you know, it's like in reality now when Mm -hmm. all the people who are like bitching about everything on your Facebook page when you're like, "Mm, but I just wanted to post this picture of my mac and cheese. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree that she is a leveling force, but her anger and her um, her assertion that like the people that help with Gilead deserve to die and the only virtuous person is the person who blew up Mm -hmm. the commanders and i think that we're gonna get a last blaze of action emily i don't know they renewed it for a third season alexis bledel be uh racking up the emmys yeah she's doing amazing she is doing amazing i agree i think there's gonna be some more stuff going on there and then we get more voiceover from offred being Mm -hmm. like does emily think i should die and i'm like probably calm down yeah you're all just doing what you need to do to survive and guess what it doesn't matter if emily thinks you should die yeah like you're barely friends yeah yeah i agree and you're just doing what you need to do to survive i think it should just be a parable in this is like judge not lest ye be judged because the econo wife judged that's why i can't watch america's next top model (laughs) 
the Econo wife was judging June for being a handmaid, and then she became a handmaid. And Emily is judging people for doing basically what she was doing before. Mm-hmm. And it's just like there's just no room. All we're all we're all trying to do is survive. But so she's let- not. She's been involved in the resistance from like day one. She has. So I don't but- think you can put that on Emily. No, I still will because there were still times when she's like, you know, right after her clitectomy, she mm-hmm. was still kind of like towing the party line until she ran over someone with a car. Right. But it's just like, it's not the same. That's not helping Gilead. There's a difference between, because Offred is talking about specifically helping Serena Joy forge right. all of these documents for the commander, not just being around and being part of Gilead. That I think is blameless. Like there's nothing you can do there. Mm. However... Offred is doing these things because the alternative was that a much worse commander was going to disrupt her life. No, that's totally true. But I think Emily is saying that in response to Janine being like, it's not that bad. I think she's saying like, Janine, as soon as you start thinking it's not that bad and just like lie back and think of Gilead, you're helping Gilead. I mean, yeah, but also, I don't know. Like, Look, I don't think she's right to think that yeah. is what I'm saying, but uh, it's just interesting these micro judgments that happen in a world where everybody is just trying to survive. In a world where everybody <laughs> is just trying to survive, we get the baby ambulance. Yeah. This was fun. Well, not fun. It was a good bit of world building, Mm-mm. which I feel like I just, I always want more world building. Yeah. And I feel like they're not giving me the world buildings that I want. Hmm. But they all like hear this noise outside and they all kneel. And I'm like, is it the Pope? Like, what's I thought happening? that as well. I thought but something. But it is this baby ambulance. Did they call it something like the baby mobile or? No, but I noticed that the insignia on the side is a safety pin and a heart. I thought it was a cross, like a medical cross. We'd have to go back and check. But the safety pin is featured prominently, which I yeah. am confused by. They probably use cloth diapers because they're also <laughs> obsessed with the environment now <laughs> since they destroyed it. But everybody's freaking out. And we did hear earlier that Serena Joy went to the Putnams mm-hmm. to visit because Angela isn't well. Right. So we already knew that something was going on. And then Brianna... Yes, uh, I wrote down her name, too. Brianna's like, oh, I heard it was at the Putnam's. And then, of course, Janine's, you know, tenuous at best tether to reality just snaps. And she's freaking out. And June has to do what June always has to do in calming her down and trying to keep her from getting her ginger ass shot. It really makes me think this whole episode makes me think of like, what will June be like? If she births this baby in right? Gilead. Because I mean, she's... Janine, I think we're meant to understand that Janine has always been a little bit more cracked than everybody else. For sure. But, I, you know, she had a job. She had a child. Like, she had a life. And, you know, she was funny. You know, probably number one indicator that there was something wrong upstairs. Um, but, you know, she was a self-sufficient individual. Mm-hmm. And... I think June is made of a little bit tougher stuff than Mm -hmm. she is. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, A, hormones are the literal devil. And B, I mean, there's no way... She's never been through anything like this. She's Mm -hmm. been through a pregnancy and birth before, but so had Janine. And part of what makes it all worth it is that you're like, oh, I'm going to have this tiny human. They give you a baby. They give you a baby at the end. (laughs) 
and it's so cute that you don't kill it when it's a teenager. That's mm-hmm. what my mom always said. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I am really curious mm-hmm. what, and I assume that's going to be a lot of what season three is. Yeah. Hey, hey, here's a tip. Writer's Room, Handmaid's Tale season three. Make it a season long exploration of postpartum depression. Give us the epilogue. You're done. Yeah, I think. Yeah. The hashtag three seasons and no more for the love of God. Yeah. Absolutely. So the next scene, Serena Joy comes up into Offred's room, which she usually only does to smack her around. So I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. all right. But she doesn't. June's there and she's looking at Hannah's picture inside of the music box, which again, June learned to be better at hiding things. But also, ooh, I love that show. (laughs) What? It just, it looked like a TV to me. She's just like, (laughs) oh, yeah, Hannah, this is your friend, this ballerina. I'm binge-watching this show. I'm binge-watching that girl from Black Swan and my daughter. <laughs> it's like when like parakeets look in the mirror and are like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty bird. Pretty bird. <laughs> However, Serena is here not to find June's poorly hidden contraband. She is here to suggest that they might be able to bend the rules mm-hmm. to help baby Angela mm-hmm. because... We then find out when she goes to see Fred about it, one of the, I guess, former nation, I I think she says in the world, one of the top neonatologists in the world is a Martha somewhere in the area. And she's like, hey, can we like give her a one day transfer and like get her over to the hospital? And uh, she pitches it to June first without the logistics. And she goes, she, she says, we could get this person but it's illegal. What do you think? Oh, right. And it's 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 revolutionary that she's asking June what she thinks, it's, especially in regards to a baby, because we mm-hmm. know from past episodes that that's a real hair trigger subject for her. Yeah, it's revolutionary that she's come up to her room to not bitch slap her or to like weirdly spoon her. Ew. And June says something very calculated. She goes, you know, if it were my baby, I would do anything possible, which is also, I think, a foreshadowing line mm-hmm. as well. Um, well, yeah. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, June, she can hear you. <laughs> June, you're not doing your internal monologue anymore. <laughs> so then. Uh, I know. I'm just pushing my pig ball. Yeah. The, and to be honest, I don't know if this was a dumb assumption on my part, but I was like, it's Rita. I absolutely did not think it was Rita. Rita's Rita's profession before Gilead was being a bitch (laughs) and it's still being a bitch. And she's my favorite. No job. (laughs) She had a 401k. She had an employee (laughs) stock program. She had a 401k. Full dental. Nice. Full dental. Well, then she goes and pitches the same idea to Fred and Fred is not responsive. He's not. And he says that we cannot question the will of God. And I like to stood up and slapped him in the goddamn face because what is raping a person in between your infertile wife's legs, if not questioning in attempting to change the will of God, you motherfucker. This is why I also get pissed off at people who say that abortion and birth control should be illegal because we can't change God's will. I'm like, yeah, but you're the first one in line for fucking chemotherapy, aren't you? Oh, do you want to live outside? 
I get very mad at this. I was raised with these people. Um, Drop the mic. No, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. If you're a person who says we can't alter God's human beings have been altering quote unquote God's will ever since we crawled out of the primordial ooze. And certainly Fred has a ginormous glaring double standard because the transgressions that happen with him and June in his study are fine gentlemen's mm-hmm. things that happen. But as soon as Serena transgresses with June in a non-sexual way in his study, bad news bears. To yeah. Him. So well, he's a f- huge hypocrite this whole time. Yeah. And I mean, and yeah, he, you know, I was going to say maybe he feels better than he thinks she should because they like limited their activities to that room but they didn't because he took her to jezebel's and then he snuck into her room no yeah i don't think he has any kind of qualms that way it's just like so angry it's very frost nixon in that like no when the commander does it it isn't illegal (laughs) what a fucking boring movie i I have never seen it and i would never like i would never if this morning somebody was like uh hey kelly what do you think what do you think Molly's going to make a reference to on your Handmaid's Tale podcast? I would definitely not have said <laughs> Frost Nixon. So good on you, Molly. You never feel to surprise me, you thank shining, you. perfect human being. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. A good alternate title for this episode, I thought, would have been Thoughts and Prayers. Because that seems to be like all people in Gilead can offer is they can't offer any real help. They're just like, pray for the baby. Mm-hmm pray for this pray on your sins and like all they do and this is called those the title of this episode is called a woman's work and yeah yeah, yeah we're supposed to think of like oh women don't have jobs now oh women have job for our oh no oh no uh now uh, <laughs> women's job is to be nice lady to husband uh, i don't even this isn't even stromboli bruce miller anymore this is gone it's different when i now you're like you know the deleted character from my big fat greek wedding yeah. like what is going on I think thoughts and prayers is a more appropriate title because it just speaks how like that is the only trade women are allowed to engage in at this point is like the feudal spiritual things. Mm, I like women's work better because I think that the point of this episode is that women aren't dumb AF. Yeah. And my other question to Fred is, okay, let's say in vitro baby Waterford. Yeah. What if in vitro baby Waterford needed the benefit this is of this neonatologist, uh-huh. Martha? Are you just still mad at, at Commander Putnam? Like, oh. I mean, I don't even think it's that deep. But we skipped a scene that I think is super crucial. Okay. After they left the store, June and Janine were walking. And June has confirmed to Janine, which I think was a mistake. Huge mistake. That it is, in fact, baby Angela, who Janine is still referring to as Charlotte. And she was referring earlier to the movie Alien, which is a great movie. It is a great movie. You're incorrect. I don't like it. Um, You're wrong. But anyway, she was talking about, like, pregnancy. You know, Charlotte's foot would, like... And I was just like, oh, are we still on this? Like, no. So June, like, corners her and is, like, telling her to calm down and, you know, all this stuff. And this guardian is like, hey... I have suddenly decided to put my belt back on and also to tell you to quit fucking around. Mm-hmm. And I'm also like, are they walking partners now? Like, up is down, black is white. Where is the Gilead that I once knew? <laughs> Make Gilead strict again. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> one thing to, yes, thank you for bringing up that scene. That's important. It's another example of June running interference for Janine to tie a bow on the commander scene so we can move on to the next scene. The commander, I think his injury has made him a little contrite. It's like renewed his piety in a way that I think is going to be bad for everybody. Oh, absolutely it's never good when somebody like finds religion Uh, when they're like a really bad person to begin with because they're like oh now i'm being a garbage monster for jesus so (laughs) true so speaking of garbage monsters the next scene is the putnams in the hospital Yes. Wearing very weird knitted medical wear. Right? It's like, can you not get the old stuff still? Or I mean, I I thought it was cute. I would like 10 out of 10 would wear that. But it's just, it doesn't make sense. I know they're like, no, no, no. It's sci-fi because knitted. (laughs) That is literally not anything I've ever associated with sci-fi. Actually, I mean, it's like, oh, it's sci-fi. Different material, yes. Uh, We did find out in the very first scene, Serena Joy detests knitting. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that was great. Well, turns out she's been knitting hospital hats for all of these people, (laughs) which is not sanitary. Um, And also, can I just say, like, all of the men in this episode are wearing their hospital caps at very, like, jaunty angles that leave a lot of air out which well, yeah, is they not, gotta, they want to look cool. It's so dumb. It's like not sanitary. They're trying at to get all. Nick to jump them into the jets, and so they <laughs> got to make sure that he can see that their hair looks cool. <laughs> it's very funny. Serena Joy and Alfred bring Janine into this place. Aunt Lydia's there. Aunt Lydia's right. escorted them, and then that's right. She pulls offered aside and says you know if anything goes wrong i will hold you personally responsible and i'm like mm, she ran away and pretty much nothing happened to her so i'm thinking she's probably gonna be fine yeah at this point i keep i personally am going at this under the assumption that they're gonna kill june but seeing how lax they are with everybody else and again i think this is how jaded we are at this show they're like they just gotta glitter us off and made her work in a radiation heavy place but now she's back to get raped over and over again see things aren't that bad like nobody blowjobs nobody seems to die Yeah, I mean, and that's been my number one request for this season is like when are you gonna kill someone who matters Mm, and like honestly you could kill Nick or Rita, but I don't feel like they matter that much. Yeah, I agree. Like, if you don't kill June or Serena Joy or the commander. Well, the idea that they would do season three without June is strange to me. Mm-hmm. But I could well, still again, see I it mean, happening. The other thing that I have a question about with this episode in particular, kind of thinking about the voiceover, and it's like, who is the lens of this? Like, mm. Because we know in the book it is the tapes that were hidden in the mm-hmm. footlocker that they find. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious if they're still going with that. If they're not, that means we might not get the epilogue, which would suck. But, wow. you know, it's like, where where does she get to that she's able to record this if that is, in fact, the conceit that they're going to go with? That's so it's like, who is who is who is this for? That's really interesting. Yeah, I don't have an answer. And I do not either. I hope that they do eventually. Well, I think to do Handmaid's Tale and not include the epilogue is grossly negligent. Mm-hmm. So please, Bruce, 
please think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The epilogue. We're, uh, <laughs> we're working on it. Dorothy. Dorothy Fortenberry, where are you? <laughs> yes, Bruce. That's how she talks. Anyway, we're getting away with this. I also like in this episode that this is maybe Serena Joy's first time that she's like, oh, are we the baddies? Yeah, I know. I know. Because she's staring through the, you know, the hospital window and At- this hospital room. I'm like... Is this a hospital or a West Elm? Like, yeah. what the fuck is this? They have really weird furniture. Everybody's in knit stuff. It's really weird. It's very strange. But anyway, she's looking through and like the look on her face is like, oh my God, maybe we fucked up. I know because she's looking at Janine being so broke down, which is interesting that she didn't have this reaction when Janine was like on a bridge, but mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, well, actually, she's Janine, not on the Janine bridge. Janine can't hurt the baby at this point. Right. Um, Probably. I mean, they're all minus. they're all pretty sure she's not gonna janine's being there is such a culmination of so many bad ideas like she shouldn't have been let back from the colonies she shouldn't have been in the same neighborhood as the putnams she shouldn't have been in this room with angela yeah and yet and here she like is. as sweet as everything that happens with them is i'm just like but she is very dangerous oh yeah she's volatile she's mercurial i mean everybody's dangerous in gilead but she's exceptionally dangerous even if honestly if this were a time not gilead and it's like oh casually this woman tried to commit suicide with a baby Mm -hmm. they wouldn't be like let's see if hugging that same baby (laughs) helps her live it's (laughs) it's so fucked up it's such i think it's uh, while so many of her interactions with the baby in this were very beautiful and well shot it's just like this is a fucked up thing i don't know guys my favorite part of this episode after elizabeth moss and yvonne strahovski talking in the study is when the martha comes in and is crying as she's putting on her medical clothes and it's just such a beautiful stolen moment it's amazing and so she's she's coming up with two guardians and she's saying what am i doing here like oh yeah because she has no idea Being brought to a hospital in gilead is never no and we still like we don't know how how she has gotten there although Mm. i had my suspicions they probably took her in the middle of the night and like come here and she's like oh fuck that's it for me yeah i mean that's gilead it's like you know google maps but you don't know where you're going (laughs) so like google maps yeah (laughs) (laughs) so she gets in there and the guy the other the doctor who's been the attending physician is like hey hey i met you once oh my gosh i'm like such a fan and she's like do you understand what my life is right now worth noting both the female and male doctor are both black so you know good for them good for them i don't know i'm just like saying you know i think we're, they're trying they are trying to have but, diversity you know the people who got sprung from colonies prison are two white women so they're trying I give him credit for that. And this scene was such an emotional scene with her, like, getting this stolen chance to be back at her job again. And I, I teared up during this, but I know that, like, the equivalent for me would be, they'd be like, hey, um, we really need someone to write these banner ads. And it'd be me, like, crying, sitting down at my desk, like, typing stuff out. Like, it wouldn't be beautiful, like, putting a stethoscope yeah. on. It would be like, can I have a cake up coffee? <laughs> um, part of my process is I dick around on Jezebel for like two hours and then do 10 minutes of work. So just crying. Well, and doing one that. thing that I wonder is, well, and I guess it's not going to be consistent, but it's like, if you had the opportunity to do something like this 
so briefly and then you have to go back to your crap life as a Martha. I just, you know, I guess, but I mean, I guess at the same time, like, is it, is it better or worse for June to be back now having been briefly free? And I feel like they haven't grappled with that. I mean, it is worse. I mean, it is worse, (laughs) but I feel like she's just like, she's chilling this episode. Yeah. She's just like, oh, you know what? We're going to take Janine to the hospital. Yeah. Oh, you know what? We're going to talk about sci-fi movies in the street. Well, like she gets retribution. Um, I mean, kind of. The next scene is so disgusting because it's Fred going up to her room and he says, knock, knock. Uh, no we one- both in unison, like verbally. Went, I, I, uh. I heard the sound of. And it was both of our clitorises like zooming into our body. Yeah, mine's in South America. It is gone. My, it's not coming put, back mine, until this season is over. Mine put on a little hat and got a suitcase and like started <laughs> thumbing it on the highway, Hulk style. Um, oh, runaway yeah, clitorises. Clitori? What? Pardon me? Clitori? Clitori? Yeah, sure. Um, and I thought for sure that June was going to put up a front of ha- pretending to sleep by putting like putting like pillows under the blanket with like a little balloon face with a handmaid's hat on it <laughs> but he catches her she's not in bed and yeah this and is, this is when i turned to you and i said this is the episode serena gets beat yeah and i was like oh you're probably right because <sighs> i don't think they're done editing any of the other episodes so we're running out of options here Uh-oh. anything to say about that scene uh no i don't like fred no, me neither. Hate him. The thing I thought was interesting is they make that whole big to-do about springing this Martha and her being a, a hugely important physician. And all she says is basically, um, in my professional opinion, uh, that's a, that's a dead baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, that that's, a, that's a wrap on Angela slash Charlotte. I never felt very confident about which was the real name. So. I will say after going to years of medical school, uh, I can correctly identify that as a dead baby. <laughs> like, it's just so like it was such a nothing like end to this scary scene that got everybody in trouble. But I mean, I think, you know, it's a Pyrrhic victory in that way where it's like, oh, we thought this was going to be the magic bullet and it's not. It just is still confusing what's going on with this baby. And certainly if she had saved the baby, what would that have meant? Mm -hmm. That'd mean like, fuck, I guess uh, women should be doctors. No, I doubt they would go that far. (laughs) They'd be like, hey, listen, you can get two rations of horrible bad for you food this week instead (laughs) of one. And guess what? You uh, won't get beat near as much. Please accept this cheesecake as payment for your services. Here you go. It's just this, thank you. you. It's okay. You can read it if it's on a cheesecake. <laughs> so they are all like... <laughs> How come she got a cheesecake? I want a cheesecake. It's my birthday. Shannon, we've taken you out every night this week. I was a doctor. Shannon, you weren't. You worked at a doctor's office. You were the receptionist. Oh, my God. I was basically a doctor. Hun, why don't you just give her a cupcake? I think she's going to be much more amenable if you just give her a cupcake. It's my birthday week. (laughs) God, I love the idea of the Shannon that just has her family so under her thumb that people are like, hey, we've noticed like your handmade um has never been pregnant what's the deal with that they're like well shan and shan i mean of kyle said uh it's her birthday week and we can't do anything oh right 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 it's in the gilead bylaws oh yeah yeah 
Good point. Anyway, um, Where's my juicy pants? Uh, coming, Shannon. Where are they? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, so June and Serena Joy get back into the house and it's very much like skipping curfew, mm-hmm. getting caught by your parents' vibes. I'm sorry. I'm just... You were laughing. I was horrified. <laughs> I'm just like, it's just so fucking ridiculous. Like, oh my God. He's like, do you ladies have any idea what time it is? You, I. <laughs> you weren't picking up your cell phones? You know, I, I called the Putnams. I called them. Their Martha said they, that she hadn't seen you all night. Wow. And you know what? It was me here by myself. Eden was here by herself. Eden had to give herself a bath <laughs> by herself because none of you were here. I'm very disappointed. It's like the end of Pleasantville when <laughs> William H. Macy is like, where's my dinner? <laughs> but instead of all that funny stuff, he invites them to his study. Well, he gets Nick to tell them to come up, which, uh, you know, Nick was right. He is going to be busier now that the commander's Aww. back. So they go into his study together. Commander's back and he's gonna give us spanking. Hey, la, hey, la, Commander's back. Pretty good. That is such a good song it for really such is. a horrible scene. It really is. So he, you knew shit was gonna be trouble right away. And it's the first time all three of them have been in the study together. And it's interesting because Serena Joy fights him more than I thought she would fight him. Mm-hmm. She's like, I've been reading your stuff always and i this isn't the first time that you've signed something that Mm -hmm. i wrote and And he is not well he says he didn't consent to this and right oh (laughs) you had to sign something you didn't feel like but he is infuriated Mm -hmm. that she has forged his signature to get this ultimately kind of useless medical care seriously i mean he doesn't know or care about that but he goes and gets his bible which has way too many markers in it it's got a lot of markers like you know what it. the bible has some good stuff in it but mm, that's too many right and you get like five sir there's never been a point where like a man has pulled out the bible and been like oh says here be really nice to women it's well never happened actually most of the old testament is like like in the jewish faith people are very good to women okay fine never in a dystopian world <laughs> Has someone picked up the Bible and been like, hmm, it says here, give your wife a back rub. Like, so you knew shit was going to go down. And sure enough, it does. Yeah, so he's reading the St. Paul. uh, They're really harping on St. Paul this season, which I hope is a subtle nod to the fact that he is trash. And he (laughs) is the reason that most Christian religions demean women. Um, Anyways... He is like, you know, wives be submissive unto your husbands, blah, 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 blah. As he's reading, he pulls his chair out and he beckons Serena to bend over the chair. And Offred is trying to, like, look away. And he says, no, you stay. And he beats the tar out of her with his belt. And it's a horrific scene that I knew was coming and just... It hurt me to watch. And the interesting thing is, I think this is the very first time we've seen Serena Joy truly low status. I mean, I wouldn't say truly low status. She is getting beat by a commander. What? Like, she's still a lot more privileged than the Econo wives if their husbands choose to beat them. As low status as this character has ever been is what I mean. Okay. I'm just saying that's (laughs) an important writing thing that this is the first time she's ever been 
low status in this show. She's she and Offred go back and forth with who is high status, who is low status in the scene. Mm-hmm. But even then, Serena Joy holds most of the cards, and this is the first time that it's like, fuck, Serena Joy can't just be saying what she wants all the time. Yeah, but she has been put in her place repeatedly by Fred throughout the series. Never in this way. Right, before. because she hasn't forged his signature without his consent before. Ergo, this is the lowest status she's ever been. <laughs> Why are you fighting me on this? I'm going to give you the palo soon if you're not careful. The what? Oh, sorry. In Spanish, that's like the colloquial way you say you're going to spank someone. Oh. Because palo means stick. And so you're going to hit somebody. I'll, uh, I'll sit on you. It'll be fine. <laughs> you are so like the sister that if I was trying to fight you, you would sit on me, you jerk. You would be dead. I've always said it's a blessing that I didn't have a sister because I would totally have gone good son, but like the good daughter. It would not have been pretty. But I would have been. Oh, well, I love you even when we're fighting. <laughs> Possibly right. more. I yeah. didn't love how this was filmed, though. Yeah. Because I thought it ascribed too much empathy to June. I know that she oh, and Serena are, like, supposed to be best friends this no, episode. And I'm point. like, shouldn't you be at least, like, a little happy that this woman who has beaten the living shit out of you on multiple occasions tried to choke you when that's a you great were point. pregnant and now i realize human beings have faulty memories and that is why one day the robots will rule us all mm-hmm. and you know these things recede in our memories so however right. like come on offred you don't love her like yeah. you're not friends you are so right and you know what i am so sucked in oh to because my you own... love serena joy so much i am and, and like i'm not saying i mean it's clearly what they want you to feel no, it clouds my judgment as well you're so right because i didn't even think it was weird that she was reacting that way but you're right if nothing else she should have been stony face but this is another example of gilead eating you from the inside as mm-hmm. it makes you feel empathy even for these shitbag people. Mm -hmm. Well, and I mean, you know, in that way, I think it's useful to think about, you know, Emily's comments about like, if you're Mm -hmm. helping Gilead, you know, you're a bad person. And Mm -hmm. it's like, well, you know, you saved your own skin, June, Mm -hmm. but Serena's being punished. And, you know, apparently there's a whole new Fred in town who wants to follow the rules because Mm -hmm. we see a couple things after this. Uh Well, I think first we get, we get a, a little comedy break with Eden and Nick yeah the world's dumbest newlyweds he comes in she's like i had to give myself a bath today and there's like a huge shampoo streak in her hair she's got her pajamas on backwards Uh, nice (laughs) we recreated that riff and so he comes in and i guess what did she do it doesn't look any different to me did she move his lps like what the fuck so she's then like you know she won't shut up about how oh you know i i rearranged your clothes in the trunk you can fit a lot more in there if they're folded properly and he's like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i don't care also skinny ties they don't take up that much space so you don't need to wad them up why can he not have a fucking closet jesus christ but then he sees the bundle of handmade letters that he wrestled away from june when she went all fire starter and he flips out on her and is like did you read these and i'm like can she even read like Uh, well i was so nervous because he was advancing on her i'm like oh god is this gonna be a problematic sex i i oh no i aka a sex scene i thought thought you were worried that he was gonna hit her 
No, I didn't think he was going to hit her. I thought he was going to be like, he, I'll teach you. I thought maybe he was going to kiss her and like show her like affection, like as a way of like buying her silence. That's weird. Uh, listen, I'm a Scorpio. We solve most <laughs> of our problems with ill-considered kissing. Oh boy. Is that why you have your hand on my knee? Hi, Molly. I <laughs> uh, no. Molly, okay, Molly. Fight. Did you read those letters though? No. <laughs> Never touch my things. <laughs> That was a tense scene. That was tough, but it was also funny to me. <laughs> Every time I see Eden on screen now, I think it's funny. So I'm yeah. ruined for her eventual death. Did um, the commander say anything about my gift? Did he like it? Or I could have used my right hand. I used my left <laughs> hand and it wasn't good. Anyway, uh, so. <laughs> so here we get into like the fallout of the beating scene where Serena Joy is sad and taking off her clothes. Serena Joy is the only one who gets to wear regular underwear in this dystopia, apparently. And there's horrible bruising already starting to, like it looked like (laughs) marble basically was how many straciations were across her butt. Because I, you know, what I definitely think, I don't think that Fred would ever have done this to her pre Gilead. No, Everything about their relationship pre-Gilead and seeing him talk to, I think, Commander Price or whoever it was about, you know, getting Serena a leadership role within Gilead is that they were partners. But now he's he's really leaning into a woman's place. And, you know, it's it's certainly not going to get any better for her. No. Before this, they do the famous Margaret Atwood quote. Someone once said. Someone get it, get it. Uh, I had them put it in the show. See, it's a meme. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Men are afraid that women will laugh at them, and women are afraid that men will kill them. And this is like, if this isn't the talisman for how we talk about like rape culture, I don't know what is. And then we see the the scene of like. Offered trying to go to speak to the commander, which strategically first she goes to Serena, which I also did not believe. Yeah, I didn't. I don't that either. I don't believe that they had so much fun working on their all girl <laughs> newspaper that <laughs> they were kit kitteraging it. Oh up. my god. She's from Cincinnati, where I'm from. <laughs> anyway, I know way too much about the American girl dolls. I'm right for there a with 35 you, year old woman. I'm right there with You're you. You're not 35 though. <laughs> Oh, like in 10 years, it's going to be weird that I know so much about the American Girl Dolls. Okay. BuzzFeed is back with our top 13 American Girl Dolls ranked by The Handmaid's Tale showrunner, Bruce Miller. Molly is top. No. Molly's the worst one. Are you fucking kidding me? No. Wow, we got to wrap this up. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Like, we will literally be here all night. I know. If I'm we sorry. Start talking. No, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. So anyway, so she goes to Serena Joy's room and Serena's just sitting there on the bed, tears streaked in her undies. And Offred is like, do you need anything? I just, I feel like at the most she might have sent Rita in. But, like, I just don't feel like Offred is going to be like, oh, hey, person who, like, destroyed everything and once held my daughter in front of my face as a threat. Oh, that's true. Can't forget that. Look, again, I'm not here for this. If they're yeah. trying to, like, make Serena Joy one of the not baddies, like, fuck you. Fuck you. This is yeah. not. Con- anyway. So she's like, do you need anything? And she's like, no. Then she becomes steely. We're not friends anymore. Newspaper canceled Serena Joy and says, go to your room. 
June does not go to her room. Where does she go, Molly? She goes to the commander's room. And this is strategically like the first half smart move June has made in a while. Yeah, possibly in, this whole season. In going to the commander. Because I think she, it's important to curry favor with him because mm-hmm. he's clearly the one who makes or breaks this house. And so, Serena's even more on the outs than she's ever been with the commander. And, you know, it's her fault. Yeah, so I would have come to him literally and figuratively well, and, and on so my knees. He didn't he didn't well, I think that was her plan. I think so too. Um, but he didn't do anything to her, but he did show her this piece of paper and ask, Is this your handwriting? And she was like, Yes. I'm I do I do dot my eyes with hearts. I'm so sorry. Oh yeah. Telltale sign. Anyway, but she goes she she opens the door herself, which is kind of brazen, and she pops in and he's like, Yeah, go to bed. Bye bye. Which I think this is the time ali- the alliances are done. Yeah, between well, everybody. you know, listen, he's tried to go up to her room to get some twice. Yeah, and ugh, the first ugh. time she was like, "Uh, it's not safe for the," baby. and that's what that's how he sends her upstairs. He's like, "Oh yeah, go rest for the baby," Oof. and it's like, "Oh, did you figure out that it's totally fine to have sex when you're pregnant?" Ugh. And then June has this weird acid trip. <laughs> Right? What was that? Because he puts on a record, and I was kind of bummed that it wasn't also easy, like Sunday morning. What it was is Rain Sometimes, uh, which I don't know who sang it, possibly Peggy Lee, but here are the lyrics, and it's kind of, it's very interesting. It's Rain Sometimes, Money Down the Drain Sometimes, Reason to Complain Sometimes. That's how it'll be. But there'll be champagne sometimes, lobsters from Maine sometimes. We'll ride the gravy so- train sometimes. Just you wait and see. So it's a really like you take the good, you take the bad, and what you have is the facts of sometimes it's okay to beat your wife. So they're going to Maine where the footlocker was? It's okay to beat your wife. It's okay to beat your wife. Yes, Maine is, is that's a good joke too. But uh, you see, I have to get out of my joke and then you do yours. I'm dying. Dying. Um, I'm not gonna make it. I'm not gonna make it, Molly. Yeah, and I didn't like this acid trip. I was like, what does this mean? I know. I thought, like, oh fuck, is she going into labor? Is that what we get? Or oh no? shit, we forgot like the other really important scene that happened before they got home, no, which it, was that they let Janine in. No, it. That's is that after the episode? It's after no, but they let her go in to see the baby when they were still there. Oh, okay. She so yeah, so the Janine baby. went in to hold the baby, and she like took off her gloves. She does skin on skin? Yeah, and apparently nobody can stop her. Yeah, even anyway. though she's a very dangerous criminal in Gilead who is also radioactive. Right. So I think what we're supposed to get from the scene with June is that she is losing grip on everything, potentially going into labor. I don't think she's going into labor. In listen, does it show her get back up to her room? No. Okay. I thought maybe she was going to see Nick and I was kind of bummed. Yeah, me too. Which is weird because I'm very like down on Nick these days. Yeah. But anyway. The next scene is everybody asleep in the hospital room. Mm -hmm. Aunt Lydia's asleep. The Putnams are asleep and we hear see. Janine is singing and I'm thinking it's going to be Janine and a dead baby. I thought it was going to be parts of a baby. And (laughs) Janine, that's how fucked up this show is. But Aunt Lydia walks over and we see like Janine has like taken off all of her clothes and I guess for skin on skin. Yeah, because this is just gorgeously shot because we can see Janine sitting in the window. We expect the worst. And then a baby hand (gasps) gestures out from, and that's all we can see from the corner framed by the wall. And you know it's okay. She's fine. 
Charlene. And that is the cutest, tallest, weirdest baby. I love, I love baby Charlotte slash Angela. She's very cute. I do have some questions for Brucey Bruce and co. Mm -hmm. So is Janine magic or was the baby just having a bad cold and everybody freaked out for no reason? I think it's my very charitable reading of what I think is kind of lazy writing is it's like that one horrifying experiment where they took the one monkey (laughs) and and the the two baby monkeys and one of the baby monkeys was held and the other Mm -hmm. one was just like left alone Uh and the one that was left alone died but the one that was held lived and I think oh my god Angela hates Naomi Putnam so much she tried to kill herself well she's so she's such a bitch to that baby i think it's just that like she needed to be held and Mm -hmm. when we see naomi with her she's like shut up you know she's not she doesn't hold her and maybe she just needed someone to hold her and rock her and i can't believe that like they didn't try that already but maybe there is something curative about skin on skin and direct attention paid i fucking don't know the world works in mysterious ways like yes but, like, I have never heard of a baby having, like, a respiratory illness because, anyway, I don't know. It I could happen. I have a lot of questions, so maybe somebody can help me out with this. We but, do know that we have a doula as a fan, so yeah. maybe she can answer some of these questions. So, the song that Janine is singing is, I only want to be with you. Bum, bum. So, she's singing that to the baby, and Aunt Lydia comes over and sees her and, you know, wakes up the Putnams. And it's like, man, don't kill everybody's buzz. Yeah. But, you know, everybody's happy that the baby is alive. And over the credits, we just get baby sounds and Janine continuing Oof. to sing. And, um, okay, Handmaid's Tale, you got, you got one more gimme and, uh, then make with the good episodes. Uh, you really redeemed yourself by how cute that baby is. Oh, that baby was so cute that I hate almost like complaining about how ridiculous the resolution is. Except I feel bad because I feel like the pretend baby that they were using in the Mm -hmm. NICU was much smaller than this very tall baby. Yeah. The baby in the NICU was clearly a doll or, you know, like a, like a very realistic, like Hollywood baby doll. I was like, okay. It's like and really I thought little. it was weird that like the baby had like the sheet pulled up to its armpit. It just looked, it looked like a little old man to me. I know. And the real baby did not look like a little old man. No, it looked so very cute. Good great. acting, baby, if you're listening to Yeah, this. baby, you went to baby Juilliard and it paid off. You so good. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been another, like you said, kind of boring episode. Not of us. We're doing great. Yeah, we're awesome. Yeah, just a, a middle in Gilead episode yeah see bruce miller this is what happens when there's too many episodes (laughs) (laughs) hashtag three seasons and no more for the love of god thank you well thank you for following us on facebook facebook.com slash rather all over thank you for patronizing our sponsors take good care of your girlfriends and nolite tebastardes carborundorum dum 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 dum